Hey everybody, welcome to the Feminization Boudoir Podcast. I am your host, Kylie Gable. And uh, since we kind of already have a commercial at the beginning, I don't want to dwell on this too long. But um, I have a friend who's just started her own website. She's been doing audios, erotic audios for years. And I've been working with her for, I think, since 2014 or 2015. In fact, some of my um, stories began as really, you know, short audios for her that I eventually turned into full-length uh, stories. April's uh, April's Fool actually um, began from her. And I think she's just a wonderful dom. And I just want to uh, give you a shout-out to her site, since I'm assuming if you um, listen to this podcast, you enjoy uh, female domination and feminization audios. So her site, which I'll put a link in the... Um, description is hypnodom that's mme mp3s.com and it's mistress alexandra so uh, i really recommend her a lot today on our podcast um we're gonna have an audio from um miss jen davis and it's called um breaking the billionaire this is an old one and because it's old, it's it's a long one. It's about an hour and uh, 15 minutes long. And um, it's a story about a woman who used to work in uh, the Canadian Secret Service. No, not Secret Service. Canadian, like, the Canadian version of the CIA. And um, she is now uh, a person with a certain set of skills. And she uses it to uh, bring men uh, to, uh, shall we say, justice for the right price. And so it's called Breaking the Billionaire, uh, written by me before I ever worked with uh, Claudia, and uh, narrated by Miss Jen Davis. This story is called Breaking the Billionaire, written by Kylie Gable, and narrated by Miss Jen Davis. Mr. Cummings, I would not recommend trying to fight me. I can be very persuasive, and I'm not squeamish about breaking bones warned Andrea Bailey as she approached her prey menacingly and herded him towards the handicap stall at the end of the men's room. What Lyle Cummings had thought to be a fun little tryst had now seemingly become deadly serious. At twenty-nine, and already worth a cool $2.8 billion dollars, the young Silicon Valley billionaire knew that his life could be threatened at any time, but he never thought it would be from the woman who had introduced herself as Andrea only a quarter of an hour ago. He'd seen her on the other side of the room, an absolute vision of loveliness shining out in technicolor amongst the otherwise monochrome reality and monotonous routine of yet another tedious museum fundraiser. The party would, as usual, be deathly dull, full of the usual insipidly boring people, talking about things he simply didn't care about. But the rakishly handsome technology entrepreneur felt his whole mood change when this amazing woman smiled at him. It wasn't another hero-worshipping smile of a ditzy young woman, intimidated by his fame and wealth, but a subtle and seductive invitation to approach 
from a woman who knew exactly what she wanted and was by no means overawed. Lyle guessed that she was in her thirties, her auburn hair perfectly framed an oval face in flowing ringlets, and her jewelry was tasteful without being extravagant. But it was her remarkable body, essentially enveloped in a slinky black cocktail dress that drew his attention, displaying all the right curves in all the right places. Lyle had a fiancé, but they had an arrangement. Besides, it wasn't like he was married anymore or anything. Dropping that first wife when his business started really taking off was the best decision he had ever made. Tina was a beautiful girl, and he had been instantly attracted to her. But she wanted all his time and attention for herself. Now, for the first time in ages... He actually felt nervous at the prospect of talking to a woman. Hello, I'm Lyle Cummings, he smiled as he approached her. Oh, I know who you are, Mr. Cummings, she flirted. Please, call me Lyle. All right, then please call me Andrea, she cooed. This is a very stuffy kind of party, he declared. It's what usually happens when they insist on black tie. Well, you look very dapper. She wiped a piece of imaginary lint from his jacket lapel. Lyle held out his arm and gestured toward the dancing. Without hesitation, she placed her arm on his and allowed him to accompany her to the dance floor, where he found her graceful and very light on her feet. He beamed with pride as he caught the many eyes staring at them as they floated around the museum's marble floor. They didn't stop until the band took a break, but before Lyle could lead her outside for some fresh air, Andrea grabbed his cheeks and kissed him forcefully on the lips. He grabbed her, his hands feeling under her skirt and caressing her thighs. We need to take this someplace private or you're going to be all over the tabloids tomorrow, she purred, squeezing his ass cheeks. Let's go to my place. I have a limo, and we can be there in fifteen minutes. I'd rather not. We can go back to my place. The compound is very secluded, he offered hopefully. He never liked going with women to their place. He didn't want to surrender his home field advantage. He wanted her off guard, the way she would be at his mansion. Oh, can't we just go to my place? She asked, rolling her eyes in mock disdain, pouting at the roadblock he was throwing in front of her plans. It'll be quick, and you'll love it. You know you'll love it, he teased her, kissing her on the neck. I can't wait that long. Come with me. Taking his hand, she led him into a nearby men's room. As they entered, he kissed her hard, inserting his questing tongue between her two moist red lips. She kissed him back just as passionately, and the couple backed through the swinging restroom door. Fortunately, they found the restroom unoccupied, 
He couldn't believe his luck as he began to reach under her dress. She lusted for him. He could taste it. Suddenly, unexpectedly, he found himself shoved bodily right across the room. I want you to know that this is nothing personal, she stated almost apologetically. You really should have accepted the limousine ride for me. What are you talking about, he asked, puzzled and still wanting her body. I'm afraid that I've been contracted by certain parties who are very displeased with you to enact vengeance for them. It's what I do, she explained. What? Seriously? You're going to kill me? No, but in the end, you may wish that I had. I'm going to make certain changes to you and make arrangements for your future. Well, although you are quite obviously one of the most beautiful women I've ever seen, you'll excuse me if I don't go gently, said Lyle Cummings in a voice full of confidence that comes from always getting your way. Mr. Cummings, I would not recommend trying to fight me. I can be very persuasive, and I'm not at all squeamish about breaking bones, warned Andrea Bailey as she approached her prey menacingly, herding him towards the handicap stall at the end of the line of cubicles. Stand back, he warned, attempting to shove her away. He was shocked when she quickly sidestepped him and hit him with a perfectly targeted strike just over his left temple and with her open palm. The blow clouded his mind, instantly alerting him to the trouble he was in. She was more than his match, and they both knew it. He tried to push her away while he cleared his head, but she was already on him. With an unexpected twist of her hip, she threw him, and he hit the wall behind the toilet with his forehead. He landed awkwardly on his stomach on top of the toilet bowl. She climbed on his back, reaching for the roll of bathroom tissue, hanging on the wall and rudely stuffing it in his mouth from behind. She kept his arms pinned to his sides by straddling him, while she removed a black thigh-high from her left leg and used it to secure the gag in place. With her other stocking, she efficiently cinched his wrists together behind his back, then pulled his slacks down to his ankles and his boxers down to his knees. Reaching into her purse, she pulled out an applicator, which she used to insert a tampon deeply into his ass. He moaned in discomfort and indignation. It felt like the foreign object was burning a hole in his rectum. Relax, it's just a Bacardi 151 soaked tampon, she reassured him. Mm. He began thrashing round on the toilet, but between the stocking binding his wrists and the weight of Andrea pinning his arms, he couldn't really do anything to resist but flop like a fish on dry land. All his struggles really did was to increase the rate the alcohol in his ass was absorbed into his bloodstream. Hey, it's not so bad. Think how much money you're saving on the overpriced drinks out there, she teased him, giggling at the strange situation they found themselves in. 
Andrea and Lyle both heard the door to the bathroom open. They could hear a man enter as the soles of his feet echoed off the cold linoleum. Lyle began struggling harder, grunting loudly for help. But Andrea soon used her hand to silence him even further, while she began to moan as if she were in sexual ecstasy. They could hear the man chuckling as he used the urinal. Oh, fuck me! Fuck me! she screamed. The man used the sink and dried his hands with a towel, laughing lewdly as he left the bathroom. By now you should be feeling a very strong buzz. Are you? Just a few more minutes, I think, and I can let you up. She spanked his behind playfully and noticed his rather sluggish reaction. After having the tampon in his ass for only fifteen minutes, he was now very drunk. Andrea picked up her cell phone and made a quick call, saying only, He's ready for pickup. She untied his wrists and removed the gag, placing the discarded items into her purse so as not to leave any clues behind. She pulled up his boxers and pants, leaving the tampon in place. You gotta let me go. I'm important, he slurred at her. That's why you've got to go with me, she cooed. You won't be important for much longer. Maybe I'll even let you drive. She led him out the bathroom door, despite being two inches shorter and thirty pounds lighter than his five ton and a hundred fifty five pounds. She was quite strong for her size. In her line of work, it often helped to work out like a fiend any chance she got. Oh, my gosh, Lyle, is that you? asked Cambridge Menar, a wealthy financier who knew him socially from functions just like this one. She's kidnapped me. Help me, he slurred back at him. Behave, Lyle, she smiled seductively. I'm so sorry. He started drinking before he had any food in his stomach. <laughs> That's just like Lyle. He's always working through meals. Do you need help? He offered. Actually, that would be great. If you could grab his other shoulder. I've already called for his limo, she beamed. No problem. He's a friend of mine. No, you don't understand. She's going to kill me, mumbled Lyle. I don't know what gets into him. She giggled <laughs> and shook her head. Together they led him to the front door of the museum, where another friend of Lyle's held the door for them. Together they put him in the back seat of the limo, and Andrea flashed Cambridge a beaming smile, thanking him before closing the door. This isn't Lyle's regular limo. I've never seen this one before, noted Cambridge in bewilderment. Oh, after that horrible accident that killed his partner. He hasn't wanted to take any chances with any of the vehicles. He replaced everything, explained Andrea. I guess that makes sense. It's nice to see him not taking unnecessary chances for a change, replied Cambridge. That accident had been front-page news, just as Lyle and his partner Jack Stevens were about to get the biggest break of their lives. Jack's car unexpectedly stalled on the freeway. 
an eighteen-wheeler behind them couldn't stop on time, and the young software engineer was killed. Only dumb luck had saved his young bride. Paula Stevens was thrown from the car and received massive injuries. But Jack took the full brunt of the accident, died on the way to the hospital trauma center, only two days before his twenty-seventh birthday. Andrea waited until the limousine pulled away, and they were safely screened behind the tinted window to remove the red wig and the foam padding that she'd had in her bra. She had not wanted to be easily identified, and her research told her that Mr. Cummings liked redheads and big breasts. "'Do you have the zip ties, Kara?' she asked the limo driver. "'They're in the drawer underneath the bar. I wouldn't forget.' laughed the tall, Nordic-looking blonde woman in a chauffeur's uniform. She had the appearance of a fashion model, but Andrea was more in need of her other, rather specialized talents. Pulling out the first thing she found in the drawer, held it up to recognize it. A penis gag? Really? sighed Andrea as she reached back into the drawer pulled out the zip-ties and began securing her prisoner's wrists behind his back and his ankles to each other. I thought he should get used to having one in his mouth as soon as possible, replied Kara. Point taken, snickered Andrea as she strapped the rubber phallus into Lyle's mouth and covered his eyes with a blindfold. Before long he had passed out, and Andrea removed the tampon to avoid alcohol poisoning. Consciousness returned slowly. Lyle was no longer gagged and the blindfold had been removed, but he still couldn't manage to get his bearings. He was surprised that his mind raced back to that day when he had received the phone call telling him that his partner was dead. He bravely faced the reporters and let them know that he would make sure that all of Paula's medical bills would be handled by his company. The outpouring of emotion for Jack was amazing. Would they feel the same about Lyle? Would anybody notice he was missing? His ex-wife certainly wouldn't. She was still furious at the prenuptial agreement that his lawyers had wisely made them sign. She was not only going to be left without a cent from the marriage, but also a ten-year gag order to prevent any embarrassing television appearances or tell-all books. Lyle was now zip-tied to a chair in a darkened room. The only light he saw came from a bare light bulb hanging overhead, and he was severely restrained, facing a wall, so he couldn't even see much of the room he was stashed in. He guessed that he was in a warehouse, or maybe a basement somewhere. He was relieved not to be hung over, but he was definitely quite groggy. "'Welcome back to the land of the living, Mr. Cummings,' called Andrea's voice from behind him. "'I'm warning you. I'm a powerful man. I don't know what you think you're doing, but if you don't let me go right now, I'll see to it that you regret it,' he threatened. "'Really, now? Those childish threats are so beneath you. Yes, we know you're a very powerful man. We only do this to powerful men.' "'What fun would ruining unimportant men be?' she asked. "'Ruin me,' he demanded. "'What do you mean by that?' 
Well, they want you out of the way quietly, but permanently. And that's sort of our specialty, she boasted. I'm going to turn you over to Kara's capable hands to prepare you, and I suggest that you do not resist. I'm former CSIS, and I won't hesitate to injure you, if need be. What the hell is CSIS, he asked. I've never heard of them. Canadian intelligence, she sighed, rolling her eyes in exasperation. It's like the Canadian CIA, or British MI5. Read a newspaper. Lyle heard wheels rolling on the floor behind him and strained to get a look at what was going on. The one he presumed was Kara had wheeled over a tall hotel luggage cart as she knelt and deftly removed his zip ties. Andrea maneuvered her prisoner onto the cart where he was quickly tied to the upright frame in a standing spread eagle position. He began to scream out for help but Andrea stopped him with a sharp slap across the face. That's pointless, as this area has been very well soundproofed. But if you keep yelling like that, it will begin to annoy us, me in particular, and you will be gagged again, she warned. You, you won't get away with this, he threatened, with tears welling up in his eyes. I have a lot of very powerful... Suit yourself, shrugged Andrea, as she shoved the penis gag back in his mouth and secured it behind his head. You must just love having a dick in your mouth. That's actually a good thing for our purposes. Lyle panicked. The foul-tasting rubber gag was one thing, but what did she mean about dicks in his mouth? He screamed into the gag, but no sound came out other than a muffled hum that probably only he could hear. Kara wheeled him through what he was fairly sure was a basement that had been especially equipped for just such a purpose, whatever that purpose was. He was taken into what appeared to be a large walk-in shower. Kara produced a pair of fabric shears and proceeded to cut off all his clothes until he was completely naked. As she pushed the cart, it jerked about so he was forced to continually adjust his balance to stay on his feet. The cuffs clanked against the metal bars of the cart. What kind of place was this? Taking a moment to observe his surroundings, to one side he saw what appeared to be a man-sized cage, and next to it several items that he had never seen in real life before, but he had no doubts to their sinister purpose. This was a torture chamber, he surmised. The cart squealed as it rolled off the bare concrete floor and onto the cold linoleum of the shower. It reminded him of the health club with nozzles everywhere and enough room for twenty men to shower together comfortably. "'You won't give us any trouble now, will you, Mr. Cummings?' she asked, running her hand underneath his chin, so sensuously, yet simultaneously so menacing. Even if he had wanted to respond— Andrea had rendered him incapable with that ridiculous gag they had forced between his teeth. Andrea entered the shower carrying a large metal bucket. Even without the foam padding, she looked amazing in a deep red swimsuit that framed her athletic figure. Her now raven hair was tied back in a ponytail. While more modest in size than they had appeared at the club, 
her ample bosom strained against the bandeau top. In the bucket he could see various shaving supplies. No, Mr. Cummings won't give us any trouble. He's a man of intellect, and he can surely see his position. There is no reason to get hurt unnecessarily. When he knows we will simply do as we wish anyway, she said while maintaining intense eye contact with her victim. She handed Kara a pair of gloves, and together they began to lather up his body in a sweet-smelling pink lotion. In another setting, this would have been quite an enjoyable experience for Lyle. But all he felt now was intense fear and extreme embarrassment. Had he been that easy to subdue? Would he ever be heard from again? He had his doubts, but determined to keep up a brave front and not allow his captors to see his true emotions. He rattled his chains defiantly. The lotion was beginning to burn. You will cooperate, Mr. Cummings. It's up to you whether you will do so willingly or not, announced Andrea with a smirk. She deftly reached between his legs and squeezed until he was wincing and throwing his head back in agony. Nod your head when you are willing to cooperate, she demanded giving one final, firm squeeze. He nodded reluctantly at first, but then with more and more vigor, until she finally ended her assault. Kara circled the cart, eyeing him like a sculptor inspecting a lump of clay before transforming it into a work of art. That should be long enough, she said, turning on the shower spray directly overhead. The water felt warm and relaxing, almost pleasant. As it hit his skin, it swept away the remains of the pink lotion, taking with it all of Lyle's body hair. He never had that much of it to begin with, but the strong depilatory removed that small evidence of manhood. He moaned, shaking his head from side to side with anguish. The women's hands were gentle as they gripped his naked body and used cheap pink plastic razors and soothing aloe vera shaving cream to remove any remaining splotches of hair. Kara reached into the bucket and pulled out a bottle of very feminine-smelling lavender body wash, which she then used to bathe Lyle. A femininely floral shampoo completed the shower arrangements. The women patted their prize dry with fluffy pink towels, marveling at his now hairless body. "'What size did you want for him?' asked Kara, looking through a door filled with breast forms. "'Oh, he likes big hooters. I would hate for him to be saddled with anything less than C-cups,' replied Andrea. C-cup it is, agreed Kara, smiling as she dug out two teardrop-shaped silicon forms from the drawer and a sinister-looking bottle, which she handed to her partner. If you would do the honors, please. This is a special surgical adhesive. It's really fucking strong, remarked Andrea, applying a liberal coating of the syrupy liquid to his smooth-shaven chest. And allowing it to set. 
she very carefully held them up to his chest, aligning them before pressing them firmly onto him, and the glue felt cold on Lyle's chest. It will come off in four to six weeks, but until then, you've got a very nice rack, Mr. Cummings. Lyle threw his head back and vinced. How would he give a board meeting or speak to the press with these huge things on his chest? When the glue had set, Kara released her hands, and he immediately felt the weight of the foreign objects he was now sporting. It was an unpleasant feeling, and he tried to shake them off, but only succeeded in making his new boobs jiggle, much to the delight of the girls, who tittered at his frustrating display. <laughs> he loved watching a girl's boobs jiggle. That's actually what drew him to Tina in the first place. He didn't want to be a bimbo like her. Not him. That's a lot of weight for your poor little titties to hold, Mr. Cummings. You'll need some support. If you beg me really nicely, I might put a bra on you, said Andrea, removing his gag. Beg me. Fuck you, was his angry reply, when the fox penis was removed from his mouth, but Andrea just snickered at his outburst. He tried to tell her, you can't do this, but was immediately cut off by the penis gag being returned to his mouth and re-secured. Looking down, he could see that Kara was now applying more of the glue to his crotch, thighs, and ass cheeks. He was very nervous about what she intended to do now, and tried to move away from her, but was too well secured. While the new adhesive was setting, Andrea produced what appeared to be a silicon vagina from a drawer. The fox genitals came with extra silicon to fill out flat bottoms and thighs, but the rear was clear to allow for a waist removal. The front contained an unusual tube-like contraption, which his penis was forced inside. It was very confining, and he was immediately uncomfortable as the girls attached the object to his groin, allowing the glue to secure it firmly to his skin. Next came a black butt plug with pits of exposed metal in the tip. It was smooth, but never having had anything shoved up his ass before. Kara had to work it in and out until his anal sphincter finally opened up enough to accept it, thanks to a generous coating of lube. Okay, sissy, the fake vagina is our own design. It will give you a smooth front and prevent any erections. But even better is that it's capable of delivering quite a wallop. If I press the remote control, you'll feel it. It has ten settings. So I'm going to let you experience the shock at the lowest level. Level one. Kara explained as she pressed a small device that looked like a garage door opener. He writhed in excruciating discomfort, shaking with pain as his dick was hit with 50 volts of electricity. She kept her finger pressed on the button for 15 seconds until he thought he would surely pass out. I'm sorry for the pain, but I wanted to make absolute sure you know just how much you're in for if you don't obey. That was level one. I'll start using it for real on level five, warned Kara as she adjusted the control fob. Just to be different, my remote triggers a shock from your butt plug. I can assure you that it hurts just as much 
if you wanted to test me, threatened Andrea. Okay, hair and makeup time now. You living doll, you, smiled Kara. So like I said, that's a pretty long story. There's about 45 minutes left here now that I've cut it off. Uh, it's called Breaking the Billionaire. It's available on Clips for Sale. And it's really nice to have Miss Jen back uh, recording for us. She has another one coming up in a couple weeks uh, called The Birthday Spankings. I just released the book last week, and uh, the audio is already done. So, yes, we have audios being recorded, and I hope to not run out like I did a, a couple weeks back. Thanks for listening. It's been kind of a rough week, but hopefully things are about to get better. Um, I'll be back next week, and I hope you will be too. It's the Feminization Boudoir. Thank you for listening. Be here next week.